Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and today, because of the timing nature of the show, I'm your only co-host, because we are talking to uh, a developer in Munich. No, is it Munich, Germany? I'm, I'm trying to... Did I get that yeah, right? Exactly. Okay, good. I, I had the wrong window up, <laughs> so I can't even see my, the note I just took down. Uh, we To this morning, we are talking to Max Doma, developer. Did I say it right? Did I do it right? Yes, you said it perfectly. Yes! <laughs> yes! Today, we are talking to, to Max about 3030 Death War Redux, Redo? I don't know how to say that word, Redux. He is a developer and publisher at Crunchy Leaf Games, and he is one of the key people who helped bring this nine-year-old game to, uh, to the forefront and Steam. Depending uh, on how you count it, it, it could even be 15 years old now. So. Wait a minute. I thought it came out in, in 2007. Yeah, well, development started in around 2000, 2001, actually. And what? It's been Wait. around for quite a while, actually. I might, I might have remembered that. I might have known that, but forgot. Because I think we did a Q&A about it a while ago, but I, I tried to remember. But, folks, it's 6 a.m. here. I just started taking caffeine. So I'm a little... So real quick, before we jump into um, your game, which is awesome and I love it, uh, just let's talk real quick about other games. So what, besides your game, clearly because you're working on it because you patch it every other day, what else, are you playing anything else right now? Um, I'm playing, I don't know, Enter the Gungeon is probably the game I'm playing most right now. That game is fun. You, you've played it? Oh yeah. Oh, I love, yeah. I, I have a little side project called Rogue Game Junkie. Because oh. I love ro- I love roguelikes so much, I needed a reason to keep playing these ones I buy. So I made a little video site called Rogue Game Junkie, and yeah, I love it. It's hard, and I don't know. If, the only thing that annoys me about it is ammo is so limited. True. Yeah, that's that's like one of the main mechanics I found that ammo management and like deciding which weapons you use for uh, which portions of the game is pretty is a really important like aspect of. Um, the game. And it's, it really, more like, it's like a strategy level also to it. It really is. And it, it it's, it's still hard for me to wrap my brain around in some ways because I'm used to most twin stick shoes just shoot everything. Blah, 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 <laughs> you know? Like shoot everything with all the ammo. But this you got to be like, oh, I got to – you're almost like sniping, you know? Because right, you got to be exactly. careful. You got to really manage your ammo. And so many times I've run out of ammo, it's like, ah, roll, 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 roll. <laughs> Get out of the way I mean, of everything. The basic gun is pretty pretty usable, I find. Like it's not the difference between the basic gun and, and higher tier guns isn't as huge as it is in other games. But um it still is like as I said, the strategy level of using or, or choosing which guns to use for which rooms too. Like there's certain guns that are better for uh, say room clearing. If you have rooms with lots of enemies, you need to choose certain guns that, you know, work better with that. Or there's certain rooms, I don't know if you know this one um, enemy, it's, I think, the Iron Maiden, that shoots out, like, these spikes in all directions, and, and they all oh, come yeah, hunting yeah, you. Yeah. It's terrible. Like, it, it, I've died, I don't know, countless times to that enemy. And for those of you that need to have, like, a gun in the backhand, you need to have a gun that just deals tons of damage really, really quickly. Because she'll kill you eventually if you don't. Yeah, I've, I've, died, to, I've died to the Iron Maiden quite a bit. <laughs> Quite a bit. 
Uh, but no, that is a great game. Yeah, I love roguelikes and I love twin stick shooters. So like if I see I, I, I don't know about you, but there are a few like gaming like space games, obviously. But like is there another genre is there a genre that really like you read a couple of words and you're like, bye. Like <laughs> it's not even a genre so much as if I see that something has procedural generation for levels or worlds or whatever, I'm like, bye. You know, yeah. Like I love anything randomly generated. Yeah, I'm also a big fan. You're right. I'd like those are just. I think they're um, they hit like this nerve right now that people kind of want to have their own adventure. Yeah. Because if you have like procedural generation, it's always you know it's your story. It's your. This is not something that someone else has played before ever. So I think that's like a major pull of it, and it's also a major pull of why um, they're so popular with YouTubers. Because uh, you can present it. Oh yeah! It's always fresh. It's always new. It's always a special, you know, specific situation that they have to solve or manage or can talk about. Um, I think that's a huge aspect of, of also indie game development right now that you need these these uh, procedurally generated um, levels and content. Yeah, and it, it really does make um, it really does make the uh, the game quicker too, which, which is a thing that I find that as I get older and I have more responsibility and less time, a game like end of the gungeon is perfect because like I have 10 minutes to play something, right. you know, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a kid where it's like, I'm going to sit down after I get home from school and play something for six hours. Nope. <laughs> so, so I need something that I can play now. Um, perfect for that. You're right. Oh yeah. It's perfect for that. But I have been kind of playing a game. On my end, I've been playing a game that sucks hours and hours into your life. Like I was, I don't. I have a very short attention span, so I don't play a lot of games for very long. But I've put over a hundred hours into Skyrim, and wow. so. But I've reached the point. I don't know if you play Skyrim, but I've reached the point where it's like, okay, I, I think I'm done because it just starts <laughs> to weigh on you. Like I have a million quests. You still have a million me. quests? Are you kidding? After I still have like. Hours? There's so many quests oh in that God. game, so I've been taking a break, but. To fill in that void, I started playing Elder Scrolls Online, which is um, which is almost I'm saying almost as good as Skyrim, if not as good, and it has a billion questions. I love quests. I love mission. That's another thing I, lo- I want to talk about your game. I love missions and quests in in open in open games because mm-hmm. I love having that open world, but I just need a little bit of direction, just a teensy bit. You know, yeah, Skyrim does that well, like hitting the balance between just uh, these specific storyline quests and then these random quests that you find in the world, and all of them are still, I think, like excellently written and, and crafted. Oh yeah, they're so like. Did you find that random lighthouse quest? No, which one is that? There's a there's a lighthouse near the upper, I think, left part of the map. It's like at the edge of the world. It's a lighthouse. And in there, you find like a note, like you know, why is my family dying? And like that starts a quest, and, you know. And then when you find out what happened, it's like the saddest thing. It's like such a tragic mm-hmm. story, but that a game can do that. Now I want to reload. Now I want to start Skyrim from the beginning again. It's been it's been like a year since I played it. And yeah. another reason I haven't played it is because I had so many mods for it. It's like I don't even know which I don't even remember which mods I had, mm-hmm. and they probably all need to be updated. Probably entirely new game now for you, right? With all the mods you have. Ah, uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Mods are the best, especially for an Elder Scrolls game. True. So yeah, maybe I should. No, if I start playing Skyrim, I won't play anything else. 
That's the problem. That's yeah, the and there's problem. enough games to play, definitely. There's so many oh games. Oh my god, there are. Have you played Rimmed Reza? Do you, do you know Rimmed Reza? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I totally played Rim Reza. That game is beautiful, and it's haunting. That game is haunting. Right, yeah. And how just just open and empty, and yet amazing it is. Yeah, it gives you that feeling of being, I don't know, lost and, and helpless, I guess, too, like... It really does. It really does. It like it really captures this um, this expansive, empty, open feeling mm-hmm. of a but, of a of a space game. Well, I think I was also impressed. Like the, I think they do that well. Like the emotional side of things. Um, what bothered me was the mechanical of issues. I guess uh, I would say. Uh, specifically, like if you run into things, you you die very very quickly in the game. Uh, it's it's unforgiving. So um, true. It's very important to to see where you're going. And one of the things that just bothered me was that uh, the screen by default is wider than it is high. So any run I would have that would go either to the top or to the, the bottom would be inherently more difficult than going to the sides towards the sides because I just couldn't see where I was going. So oh, yeah. it, was, it was things like that that were kind of off-putting to me. That I guess they put a lot of emphasis on making the feeling work and making the you know the poetic side of it, but the gameplay, in my view, kind of um, was put back for it. That's fair. Yeah, I have run into a few games where they get like the story and emotional element great, but then the gameplay gets in the way of that because it's not as great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I totally understand what you're talking about. But getting back to our main topic, because I was talking about missions and stuff, you have a game called 3030 Death War, and you were saying before we started that this game is technically 16 years old, roughly 15, 16 years old? Depending on where you count from, I guess. Depending Um, on where you count from. Like you were saying... Sorry, go ahead. Um, well, you were right. You were right the first time that the game was released in uh, 2007. So um, technically, from I guess that's when you count a game's age. So you would be right mm-hmm. that uh, it would be nine years. But um, yeah, the development actually started way, way before that. Even it was it was around 2000, 2001. Um, I should I don't know. Are we going to talk about the history? Or should I just um, no? We should uh, totally talk about the history. Yeah. It's a fa- well, because I'm I'm kind of fascinated with it because usually, not every game has not only the life that yours does, but the the uh, the the second and even third chance because this is not the first re-release of this game. No, <laughs> there was a, there was a, there was another I think free re-release a couple a year or two ago. Right, that was yeah. that was not Steam. That was not Steam, but it just kind of brought it up to modern operating systems, I think, and mm-hmm. added a few things. But it wasn't like a big, like the Redux version that's on Steam now is this big, huge, like <laughs> like salvage and new music and new graphics and all these things. And so this this re, the Redux version that's on Steam, I'm, I'm, it's probably redo. Folks, it's, it's R-E-D-U-X. It's probably Redo. I'm going to say Redux because I'm an American. Uh, I, Leave me alone. I, I say Redux myself. I, I, I'm oh, not okay, sure good. what the correct pronunciation is, though, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, it might be. But it, it, this, this enhanced version that's on Steam now just adds even a lot more than the revamp. So I did want to talk about the history because not a lot of games have this 
have the you get you get you have a seven year development. They get released. I I had been on a gaming hiatus in two thousand seven, so I had never heard of it. I'll be mm. honest; it's totally flown to my radar until it came out again a year or so ago, and now it's out again. So not a lot of games have this this kind of this this release schedule that 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 just keeps it fresh in people's minds. So yeah, I would like to talk about how this all kind of happened. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it totally flew under the radar. It flew under my radar as well. Um, I actually discovered the game in uh, 2011, um, when it had been out already for four years. And um, I was just looking for various space games, looking for, you know, um, influences or, or inspiration for a game I was working on. And I just stumbled upon it by by chance. It was in some forum, I think. Um, and I, I figured I'd download it, check it out. And I was just I was blown away. The depth of the game, and and um, I mean, this the whole uh, entering stations, being able to walk around on stations with your character, being able to talk to everyone there, being able to interact with things there, and um, for me, who I, I considered myself a space game enthusiast, I'd never heard of this game before. It was just, it was, I don't know, it was perplexing. It was, it was surprising that this kind of game could exist and no one had heard of it. So. Um, yeah, so basically what happened is that I wrote to um, one of the developers of the game, and I, I told him, like, hey, wow, you have this awesome game here. Uh, do you mind if I you know, mind if I make mods for it or something? And, and he wrote back, and he was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Thanks for writing. Go ahead. And so I started making a mod for it. And um, <clears throat> that was basically the first, I guess you could call it, the first uh, re-release. Uh, it was this mod called CLG Mod. Um that I brought out on a, a space game forum and um, yeah, got a moderate reception there. A couple people played it. They were, they were surprised that the game was as good as it was. And uh, I think they all agreed that the mod made it uh, more playable, I guess. Um, yeah. And out of that kind of became this, uh, this, this cooperation or this, um, how would you say, uh, we joined forces basically the, the developers of the game, the original developers and me, uh, basically joined up and, and decided to, you know, make the most out of this game that it could be. And I think we're, we're getting there slowly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, because guys, if you haven't played this game, it's, um, it's kind of a mix of games. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like got the top down, Slightly isometric, but not really, but a little bit, because there the 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 objects look to have three dimensions. They look like they have de- depth, so they look like they're three D objects. So it's kind of a top downy escape velocity open world type space game where you do missions, you could do trade, you could do mining. But whenever you enter a station, it turns into what looks like an old LucasArts adventure game, uh, right. <laughs> Indiana Jones specifically, and. Uh, but you can walk around and talk to people who are there. You can get missions. You can trade commodities. And it's a pretty – and even though it's open, it has story beats. Like I'm um, – I think I'm in the fourth chapter now on my own playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not like completely open. It's it's kind of also, I guess, like Pri- Wing Commander Privateer in that it's open – you know, or freelancer where it's open, but every now and then the story will kick in and you'll have something to do for the story, but you can, can you ignore the story? Cause I, I'm kind of doing the story right now. I'm doing, um, I'm supposed to find a, a 
excuse me. I don't know. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm not going to try and spoil much, but okay. I'm supposed to find a hidden base. And I have to find these clues to find this hidden base. Like I do all these jobs for people. But if I wanted to, could I ignore that and just make money and buy more ships if I wanted to? Could I ignore the story entirely if I wanted to? Absolutely. Um, it actually awesome. is quite quite similar to Skyrim in that regard, that you can you can do the main story whenever you basically feel like it. Oh, that's great because, I mean, I'm enjoying doing bits of the story, but I do love – I was saying this to you earlier, and I'll say it on the stream. I love missions in games like this, you guys. I love missions. Missions are like my lifeblood in games like this. And I'm not the best at finding trade routes or any of that stuff, but missions. Oh, man, missions. And um, this game has tons of missions. It has taxi missions. It has cargo retrieval missions. It has uh, bounty hunting missions. It has uh, delivery missions. Photography missions, actually. Photography missions, yes. I think... Those are kind of those are those are hilarious because someone be like, I think this guy's trying to kill me. Go take his picture. So you have to go to a base and stand next to a guy or a girl, I guess, and stand next to a person and snap their photo. And you get three photos, which I think is funny. Like you're in the future and you have a camera that only holds three photos, which I think is kind of funny. But um, but yeah, so you have photography missions, but you also have photography missions. Like we want to get a shot of this planet. And so, uh, so you might fly over to a planet and take a picture of its atmosphere. I, I you know? think I understood that it was um, like I haven't played uh, a lot of the old elite games, but uh, I think the idea was to make it reminiscent of. I think there were photography missions in the old elite games. Maybe, maybe you know. I think there were. I'm not. See, I, I think never. That's where the influence came from, at least. I wouldn't be surprised. I never got horribly far in the original elite because it was so hard. Right. I, al- I always got killed by, like, the first or maybe second pirate. So I never got too far in the original because I was I was terrible at it. I was honestly terrible at it. Um, but, yeah, the mission the missions in here are great, and they, uh, they take you all over the place, which is – and one thing I really like is that the game uh, encourages you to unravel the map. It encourages you to fly around because there are a couple ways it does this. First, uh, there are um, wreckages all o- in every system. Little, uh, what, they're gray dots, if I remember right. correctly? Yeah. Little gray dots. And if you fly to them on your map, um, you can go in, you'll find money, you'll find uh, commodities, you'll find things. Right. You'll find a nebula map. And that's another thing I want to talk about is the goddamn nebula. But uh, – that's a neat way that it gets you to like ex- like explore the systems, but there's also this big achievement in the game where you'll get a million credits if you visit every system before a certain time runs out. Right. Which, yeah, we added those later on to make it's like as you said, we wanted to give people incentive to go exploring. And uh, one of I think you get one when you explore 10 systems, you get a smaller reward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you beat the Kessel Run record, then you get um, the one million for visiting, visiting all the systems. Yeah, I totally did that, and I, I was lucky because I didn't have the entirety of the Nebula map. I actually didn't know there, didn't realize there was a Nebula map until I got my first Hollow Cube for it. Oh, I was okay. like, "Oh, this is handy." I thought the clouds were the nebulas, and then yeah, I realized are, you're right; they are, but um, the, not always. Not, exactly, not always. Yeah, not always. Exactly. Like. There's just some cloudy areas. They're not, uh, folks. A nebula in this game, if you fly through it, it'll damage your ship, 
and it will slow you down. So because you're slowed down, you'll take more damage while you're in it. So you got to get the hell out of there because <laughs> it will kill you. Right. Um, so having a map of all where all the nebulas are is very handy, and you will slowly assemble that as the game goes on, which I'm finding extraordinarily handy because you can't just – like. The game has an autopilot, and you can buy it, which I really like. You don't just get it. You can buy it. But the autopilot is kind of stupid. It'll just fly you in a straight line. Nebulas be damned. <laughs> exactly. And that's one of the problems with, with space games in general. I think um, it's important to give the player some some reason to not just fly from A to B. Yeah, and I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. That's, that's the idea behind the nebulas. You basically have something that you have to kind of think your way around. And especially if you have a mission that um, has a time limit. You really have to plan ahead. You have to look at the map and you have to be like, okay, if I want to make it to that system in two minutes, then I need to know, is there a nebula in that area or, you know, can I kind of cut through there? And that's where the nebula map actually comes in handy because you then exact, you know the exact location of the nebula. Yeah, exactly. And I really like that it, um, I really like that it forces creative flying because, uh, folks, when you're in the, uh, the game's FTL mode, it's called the split mode. In the beginning of the game, you can't turn while you're in that mode, which is, I think, hilarious. You can only go in the direction you started in, and then you have to stop and then turn and then start your split drive again. Later, you can get an upgrade that'll let you turn, but really slowly. So you have to really plan ahead where you're going to go, regardless whether you can turn or not to get around these nebulas. It's, it's really just, I, it's the game has a lot of great little mechanics like that, which I really, I got to say, I really dig. Now, yeah, and the, uh, okay, go, ahead. Oh, go ahead. Uh, no, you, you can just tell that how much thought has gone into all these, um, oh, yeah. design choices, you know, and that's, that's, I think where you see that, um, they basically worked on this game for uh, the seven years that they did before, you know, it was complete at that point. Um, you know, we've done a lot of work since then and we've, we've revamped a lot of systems and like, rebalance things, added a lot of other, you know, graphical options and stuff like that. But the basic design was what they did in those seven years. And you can just tell how much they basically, you know, thought about everything and kind of wanted to make every part of the game interesting for the player. And it really does. And um, there's a lot of things to do in this game. I mean, uh, there's, um, you can be a pirate if you want, I guess, but you can also mine and mining is real simple. You just target something with a tractor beam and done. You know, you just target an asteroid and you mine it. It's but very you have to know what's inside it, or else you're just going to get ore. Yeah, and ore does sell, but not for much. But no, you can. But but interesting thing about this game, which I like, is not only can you buy new ships and better ships, which you know was one of the great things about games like this, is you get all the toys. But you can also, as the game progresses, buy software upgrades for your ship as well. That'll give you, say, an asteroid scanner, you know, or an afterburner. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the ideas, to, to, to hide, or I don't know if hide is the right word, but to, to portion parts of the game, the, the game functionality, inside these upgrades. So uh, you'd have an upgrade that would let you, like, recharge your shield, but instead of front-loading it, instead of telling the player up front, like, this is how all the things you need to know for combat... You would uh, portion it inside of an upgrade so that the player could find it later on, and then when he becomes more um, more skilled in combat, he can start using uh, more of the upgrades for combat, and then become also a more skilled fighter in the process. 
Exactly. And and combat is I'm not great at it. So I'm I'm happy that right now I have a ship with a turret on it cuz I'm not great at combat. Okay. Uh, but um but yeah, I was kind of getting ahead of myself. So um I want to talk about how this game got from a 2007 release to the Redux version. Because that sounds like a great story. Because, like we said earlier, it was re-released a year or so ago. But what is the story that brought it from two guys working on it to then you coming on the team and then <coughs> you publishing it and bringing it to Steam? Um, right. So I'm probably just to, to round it off, I should just um, give the, the, the little bit of backstory to uh, the first release. So, oh, um, yeah. Bring it. Bring it all. We, okay. uh, we, love, all, we love all the info. Bring it. <laughs> So it was um, the two original developers, uh, Matt and Mike, they basically uh, started developing the game while in university, and uh, they both had a, a, a huge uh, a passion for um, third Elite game, which was Frontier, uh, First Encounters. Oh, the third one? Yeah, the third that's one. The worst, that's the worst one. <laughs> that's, that thing was a buggy mess, and it wasn't that much of an improvement over Elite 2. No comment on my side, but... <laughs> Oh. But that was the game that they both loved, and they—I I mean, it is still an amazing game. If you—if you just if you discover that game by itself, it's just amazing. I mean, I guess if you discover it in a vacuum, that that can make sense. Sure, definitely. Well, anyway, and that game uh, was a part of the inspiration. The other part was uh, LucasArts adventure games from back then: uh, Monkey Island, Simon the Sorcerer, or LucasArts style games, I should say. And uh, they basically decided to make a hybrid of those two genres that they loved. Um, which then became 33 Death War. Uh, they had, there used to be a lot more features to the game, actually. There used to be things like crew management and uh, walking on, or on board the ship. They used to want to do multiplayer for it, even, but uh, thankfully, they, as most game developers do, they realize that you just need to cut back uh, during development. You need to cut back features, and you need to you know, boil it down to what is the essential part of it, and that's what they did. They got like the best parts of it, and they made that complete uh, in 2007. Then, so um, they released, and it got a pretty good reception for you know back then. Um, there weren't any huge marketing efforts uh, that you could do, so um, or on their part uh, at that time. So they kind of got lost, you know, in the in the static or in the uh, yeah. There just wasn't much reception then. Um, until um, 2011, when I stumbled upon it, and I basically started working on it. And uh, this working on it culminated in what we call the 2014 re-release. And that was the version you were mentioning before. That was the, the version that was, pay what you want. So if you want, it's free. And um, it included... A lot of basic features, I would say. It just it, it upped the resolution size from from a very tiny, I think it was 800 by 600 in the original. Um, it, it fixed a bunch of bugs that were just game breaking that didn't really let you play the game for too long because sooner or later you would stumble upon a certain bug. Um, it it did a bunch of basic balancing work that just made the beginning of the game, especially, kind of flow better. And um, yeah, that did pretty okay. We got we got a couple features. Uh, we got, um, you know, we're featured by Rock, Paper, Shotgun. Uh, got a bunch of, you know, YouTube videos, but or actually not a bunch, but I think one or two, just a couple. Um, I did, did one. Okay. If, I, if I may say, I did one. Exactly. You did one. There we go. 
Okay. <laughs> Just and, toot my own horn a little bit. <laughs> no, you're right. You're totally right. I should have actually remembered. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, I'm just, I just, I'm just fudging around. Okay. Um, yeah, and out of that, out of that reception, we basically um, um, came to the decision that that we want to put more effort into this, and we want to to make it something better. And um, the first step there was going on Steam Greenlight and getting getting that done. Uh, once that was through, we we then kind of uh, decided like what the things are that we want in the game, what are the portions that we want to improve most. And um, kind of make it the, the vision or closer to the vision that uh, the two of them had back when they released it uh, or back when they were working on it in the original. And so that includes things like a lot of the graphical features that are included in the game were things that uh, especially Mike wanted to do. He's, um, he's, very, he's like the main artist of the game, so he was very much into doing uh, 2D graphics and doing the, um, the parallax effects. Uh, making those work um, to give you know scenes depth and to make them more alive, uh, right. add more characters, um, yeah, give more more. Uh, that's also one of the things that's coming soon, and one of the future updates. If I can tease that already. Oh um, really? Ooh, ooh. We're going to be adding a lot more functionality to derelicts, uh, making them a bit uh, more interesting. So uh, that's also oh. something that he's been he's been aiming for for a long time already. Yeah, I like um, the I like I really like the derelict mechanic. I was I ignored it for a while because I was like I just want to do missions, and then I found one and I found like ten thousand credits and a hollow map. I'm like, ooh, ooh, this is kind of a fun mechanic. I'm just gonna keep doing this. So now, yeah. like every time I go to a system, like oh, there's like six green dots. Let me do that first. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, it's cool, it's, and it's gonna get even better. I mean, we're actually like funny that we we talked about it in the beginning because we're actually trying to do a certain. Uh, a style of procedural generation for for the derelicts. Oh, really? Yeah, I, maybe I shouldn't be promising too much because it isn't it isn't like fully baked yet. But um, well, I mean, you could say you're working on it. You, you can't. You don't have to say like it's definitely coming. But like right. if that's something you want to have and that you're working on, I don't think there's a problem saying that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's something that we definitely would like to do. It's just it makes them a lot more interesting too because right now it's it's basically you enter them and there's like one or two or maybe three crates there, and they have random content. And there is no gameplay mechanic. There is nothing that you can really do, right? You, you just take the stuff that's there, and then you leave again. Um, so what we want to do is we want to give them a little bit more of, like, a, a challenge and also make them a bit more random, make them more interesting. And uh, I think it's going the right direction. I think people are going to be pretty happy when it, when it gets done. Yeah, because I... Um, I uh... Because it looks like he has a gun when he goes into one of these things. So I'm like, right. is there going to be something I need to shoot? Is there going to be like an alien or something creepy in there I need to kill? Like a, like a space rat or something? But that hasn't, that hasn't happened. But I, that'd be cool if like if you're planning that. Don't don't say it if you don't feel up to it, you know. But, um, oh, Philip. Uh, Philip in YouTube asks, how do you even find them? Uh, Philip, if you hit the C key to bring up the system map... Um, which I love, by the way, the system map overlays right over your ship and shows exactly where you are in a crosshair. So, uh, I, I, it took a little bit of getting used to, but I love that now I use it for everything. Um, but Philip, if you, um, if you open the system map with the C key, there are these gray dots around the map. I'm, I'm remembering that right. They're gray dots. Yes, they're gray dots. Okay, now. they're gray dots, and if you fly, if you fly over to one of them and and hover your ship over it, you'll automatically start 
Hey, uh, yeah, it took me a little while. Like, I ignored him for a while, too. It took me a little while to get on board with this. But if you fly over to one of these gray dots on your on your, on your your map and you fly over it, you will automatically, like, board the ship and you'll come across a container. You'll hit the enter key to send it back, whatever it is. And it'll either be money, a hollow map for the nebula map, or um, or commodities. So mm-hmm. it's like free money uh, for just a little bit of time right now. And I'm sure there's... I bet you, Max, you guys want to add more risk to that. Because right now there's really no – it doesn't feel like there's a risk to that. Exactly. Um, the risk-reward – like one of the most basic things in game design is that you want to have risk and reward combined with one another. Because the risk gives meaning to the reward that you receive. If you do it right, then you win. And if you do it wrong, then you're punished in some respect. Um, and so there's none of that right now. It's just basically a – it's just a loot chest, kind of what it is. Which is which is great, but I mean, um, but you know, I'm like I'm half expecting to uh, like, oh God, it's collapsing! Get out! Get out! Get out! You know, or something like right. that. Like I've been I've been waiting for something like that to happen. So I don't yeah. know if you guys are planning that, but that would be oh. awesome. Definitely but um, be disappointed. I think. Oh like, goody! Oh things goody! Things like that have, have been uh, in discussion. Anyway, you were saying you were we were talking about how you got it to Steam. You got on green light. And everything. Uh, right, yeah, we got a green light. Uh, that was actually just, I mean, at that point we weren't actually really even sure yet. If, I, I'm trying to recall how exactly it went. It was more like um, we had the game out, we got the rock, paper, shotgun thing, there was a bit of, you know, reception, and then not much happened after. And I just thought, you know, what the heck? Start a green light and see what happens. Um, green light costs a bit of money, but, you know, it's not that much. And uh, if you get through, it's amazing. And if, if not, then okay, then you learn something. Then you see, you know, how the system works. So, um, yeah, so we started the green light and just kind of, you know, winged it. There's not much. We, we didn't do it very smartly. Like, we didn't, we didn't do marketing well or didn't, like, publish it um, in any meaningful way. But uh, eventually we did get through because enough people voted for it. And, um, yeah, that was the point where we then... Uh, decided that we want to put a lot more work into it and do the Redux version and, you know, get new music, too. That's also one of the things that we added in the Redux version. Um, we added this a new group entirely, the Kyoto Connection, which um, has gotten a pretty good response, I must say. Um, oh, yeah. Now, I'd never heard of them, and when I've heard the music for the first time, I was like, what is this? This is amazing. And so I found their website and downloaded like everything they've ever done. Right. But but the album you guys chose, uh, no headphones required, is uh, very '80s, which is perfect for this right. game. It's it's exactly it's kind of it goes with the theme that we're going with now. We're we're going like we've thought about like having some sort of I guess um, subtitle or something that you can describe the game with with one sentence. And what we wanted to go with now is or we're going with is. The space adventures the '80s never made. So yeah, I believe. Yeah, no, that works. That the works. Music, the music just fits perfectly for that. You know, it's, it just it works so well with another. It does. Now, how did you guys come across assemble? Because it's not just the Kyoto Connection. There's some other. There's a bunch of other stuff in there as well. Uh, there's some uh, instrumental stuff for both the stations and the space flight. Uh, it's all really great. Um, that's one of the reasons guys in the video I made, I usually turn music off, but I left the music on in the video I made because the music is just such a great part. Like when you start, 
when you leave a station and this, the right song plays, you're like, yeah, space road trip, let's go. Right. You know, it's awesome. So how did you guys uh, come, uh, not only like find the music, but assemble it for uh, for the game? Um, well, the old music or the, the, um, the original music is still in the game. So um, there used to be, I think it's it's only instrumental tracks. It's um, mixed between space ambiance and just, I guess, launch or something you call that. I'm not sure exactly what it's called. Um, but it's like laid back tunes mostly. And um, for the re-release, or for the redux, sorry, um, Mike especially wanted to find something that, you know, that hit that vibe, that kind of, like, that got the juices flowing a little bit, and that, you know, brought, brought you in the right mood. And, uh, yeah, so he basically just went out and searched through forums, searched through um, various sites, and was looking for music that, uh, for us, also importantly, that was, you know, you could use for free. Because we didn't have a bunch of cash or any big budget. Um, sure. We just needed to find something that we could use um, this uh, for this project. Uh, yeah, and insanely luckily, I mean, I must say, it's it's. Um, I, I love the music myself, but I'm surprised at, at how strong the reception has been to the music. Like, if you read theme reviews or if you, if you check the forums, people are just loving it. Like, it's really a major part, I think, of why people enjoy the game right now so much. Um, yeah, so insanely luckily, he stumbled across that, and he found these, these 80 synth sounds that he was looking for, and uh, he wrote to uh, the group and asked them if it would be okay if we, if we used their music for the game. And uh, yeah, they were super. They were super happy with it. They said, "Yeah, go ahead. You can use it. Uh, just, just you know, kind of send us a link and uh, you know, let people know that we made the music." And we were like, "Okay, cool. Thanks." <laughs> um, yeah, so it just came together perfectly for us. Yeah, because the music just—I mean, the the mute, not just the Kyoto connection, but the other instrumental music oh, right. for the. Uh, the space stations and the space, the space yeah. portion, just, it all works really well. And I like how, here's another thing I love about your game that I want to talk about. Uh, you guys are really great at adding just little things that make the experience better. Like for example, when the game first came out and people, when, the, when this new version came out and people were like streaming it, they were getting like copyright things on YouTube, which, you know, that's what happens when you play music on YouTube. That's why I don't do it anymore. But you guys added a YouTube safe feature, which I've either seen in very few games or never seen before. I can't remember right now, but just that little thing was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, Funnily enough, I, I haven't seen it in any other game either uh, up until now. I don't, I don't think I have either. For some reason, my brain is like trying to remind me that maybe one other game has something similar, but okay. I might be wrong. I don't think – I'm not 100%. But if there is, it's it's very – if there are other games that do this, it's very, very few. Right. Now, it just seems like such a – like nowadays, it seems like such a feature, like a, a obvious feature that would, that would help uh, YouTubers – Immensely. Exactly, because um, basically YouTube is almost free publicity for you guys. I mean, right. uh, disclaimer, I did I did buy this, but a lot of times I do get a key from a developer. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's almost free publicity uh, when you get several hundred eyes looking at your game, or a thousand, um, depending on the streamer. Definitely. Um, uh, if, I, if you want to talk about like the marketing aspect of it... Um, YouTube has oh, yeah. become so much more important now than 
than it ever was before. Like I honestly, to this point, didn't realize how important YouTube would be for um, the marketing success of the game. Um, there, really? Yeah, it's it's like you can see directly in our in our uh, site visits and our sales. You can see when when YouTube videos come out, when big YouTubers feature it, um, because I, like it seems to me that the the um, what do you say the um, the news? No, what is it called? Uh, the games news business. The 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 like sites like Rock Paper Shotgun that report on games. Yeah, they're. Um, it has become a lot more like centralized. There are a lot, a lot fewer sites, and they're become they've become larger. But the smaller sites kind of die away. Um, we got featured it, on it, one of the smaller it, sites. It's it's tough. Yeah, this, these sites sites are not easy to run. They take money, right? And they take a lot of time, and so people either run out of one or the other, you know? So mm-hmm. that, that's why it's, it's tough to do one of these things. Exactly. So you get featured by a smaller site, but it basically doesn't make a dent in, in sales, to be honest, because um, very few people check the, the smaller news sites nowadays. What they do check is YouTube videos. If you have uh, whatever side the YouTube video or YouTuber is, people will check out their video. And um, if they like them, you know, they follow them, they'll, they'll check out their videos regularly. And you'll get an influx of like new customers that way. So um, YouTube has basically become the main marketing tool, I'd even say, uh, nowadays for game developers, or at least for, for those of our size. Um, I'm just realizing that that is like, where we need to be and where we need to like, put our focus on. It, it, it's kind of amazing. I mean, the reason I personally switched to YouTube, to doing videos, is because I, when I started the site, I was planning on doing all text. That was the plan. Because I was unemployed. I didn't have a job. And so I'm like, I have all this time to write. But then I got a job. So <laughs> writing takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. It takes editing. It takes a lot of work. And if, I, if I'd still been writing, I would maybe have one piece of content up on the site every week. Maybe every two weeks. Because it just takes so much time. Right. But with videos, it takes less time. You, you, you capture a little bit more because you get those emotional moments of people reacting to things that you can't get in the written word. And I love the written word. Don't get me wrong, but like, there's something about video that's digest. It's, it's different to digest a video than it is a textual article. And, uh, so I just kind of fell into doing YouTube, um, because of time constraints. I thought I could do more Mm -hmm. content and do more coverage with video than I can with text because of time limitations. But now I'm finding YouTube and, and Twitch and whatnot are just amazing for – I mean, my, my YouTube channel now gets more traffic than the blog itself, which mm. I, never, I never thought that would happen. You know? So you're right. It is becoming yeah. just more and more important. And who would have thunk like just five years ago? Who would have thunk you know, five, seven years ago that vi- YouTube and videos would just become so much more important to game marketing? Than the older guard like Rock Paper Shotgun and the more textual heavy sites. Yeah, I was actually taken aback by it completely. I, I'm kind of ashamed that I didn't, as a game developer myself, I never realized this 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 change happened, this paradigm shift. Well, one thing I noticed about game developers is that uh, most of the time marketing is not a strong suit, and that's that's not an unfair thing because marketing is very difficult. Marketing. That's why there are people who work solely in marketing because it's mm-hmm. it's its own thing. Like I work in internet marketing. I work in search engine optimization. 
And it is such a complex thing. I can do it for other people. I can't do it for myself at all. I, mm-hmm. I cannot market myself in the slightest. I'm terrible at marketing myself. So marketing is not easy. And that's why there are some great, you know, little marketing firms and publishers out there that'll help like you, like how, so wait, that brings me to a, a, a side, kind of a side question. You are not only a developer, but you publish this. You're the publisher as well. Right. You're, you are, you are essentially crunchy leaf games. Um, yes. Right now I am 100% of crunchy leaf games. How um, did, did did you start that? Were you were you? How did that happen? How did that? Are you were you already a publisher when you came on this? Did you eventually become? How how did that happen? Um, things that went back and forth a lot uh, over the last couple of years, I must say. Like um, I've gone from being you know single bedroom developer all by myself to. Um, you know, working in an office with a couple people that I that I had hired, um, back to working in my bedroom, uh, onto you know, founding a publishing or, or a game studio that I wanted to publish with. Uh, it just kind of you know switched back and forth depending on what I was doing at the time. So, um, basically, the important point is that at um, the time that we decided we wanted to bring the game out on Steam and we wanted to get um, a professional. You know, wanted to, to package it professionally. We knew that we needed a company for it um, because the way that we're set up with with Matt and Mike uh, both being British and um, me being German, uh, there wasn't any way to get you know the um, technicalities of, we were, of it working. So I used this this company that I founded, uh, Crunchy Leaf Games, that was actually a development company. I, I kind of just you know functioned it, refunctioned it to be uh, our publisher now. So um, yeah, that's kind of what happened. It kind of just turned into this, this development company that I kind of uh, worked with, uh, that I had that I had um, worked with a couple of years before already. I just kind of refunctioned it to be a publishing company that we can use to bring this game out. Oh yeah, because it seems to it seems to be working quite well. I'm, I've noticed the response on Steam has been pretty positive, which 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 is great. I mean, how yeah. how now that you guys are on Steam, how are you guys finding the whole experience being on Steam? It's amazing. Um, I mean, I must say, like Steam is uh, is everyone people you know make it up to be. Uh, you get so much traffic through Steam. Uh, it's 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 just like any other page you're on or any other place you you bring out a game. Uh, it's just hard to get eyes on your game. People don't realize you know it's out there, but. Um, uh, like just to point out one thing, Steam does these recommendations where uh, they kind of, for each single Steam user, they they recommend certain games in the in the front box on the page, and they'll show you certain games that you know you might appreciate. If you like space games, they'll show you space games. If roguelike, then roguelike. And um, you know, only through that we get so many visits and so many views. It's it's uh, you know tenfold, even more, twentyfold more than we ever got on the page before that we had. So just being on Steam marketing-wise all by itself is already amazing. Uh, on top of that, you have the review functions that are great. So people can tell, you know, if they like the game or if they don't, they can... Sadly, we had, like, the first negative review now, uh, a person that wasn't happy with something, and uh, I asked him if, you know, if he could elaborate and if I could, you know, help him with it. But um, that's great. And then you have the forums that are directly connected to it, so you can interact with the community. Which uh, is actually one of the really you know big points that we wanted to try and do during early access. 
we wanted to uh, get the community involved and you know suggest what um, what content they would like, what features they would like, uh, and just generally you know have you know interaction between the community and us. And it's working really well. I'm I'm like super happy with how Steam is working for us. God, that reminds me. Yeah, your game is early access. I completely forgot about that, guys. This <laughs> game is in early access. I have played. Frack! How many hours have I played it? Let me look. Okay, about nine hours. I put not about nine hours wow. into it, which for me is a lot. I will admit, for me is a lot. I have a very short attention span, so one of the reasons I I like having Space Game Junkie is because it kind of forces me to play games I might not play otherwise for at least a few hours. Uh, so, but I put about nine hours into this. It's as I was saying on Twitter, it's like the perfect Sunday afternoon lazy. I just want to play something that's kind of fun and relaxing. Oh, this is perfect. I'll just do a bunch of missions, you know. But um, it's still in early access, and yet this hasn't crashed for me once. And you guys have how many? You guys have put what four or five patches out for it already, at um, least. Yeah, at least I think I don't know with hotfixes. It's probably like I don't know, like eight or something. I, I'm not sure. But it's, oh yeah, my it's god! Um, yeah, yeah, I lost track apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is in early access, you guys, and it it does not feel like early access. This feels like a very complete experience and yet you guys are still adding stuff to it yeah i mean we didn't want to that was one of the main things like especially i was driving for um like a no bug policy a no a no crash no bug policy of just you know driving and homing down on on even the slightest you know things that could go wrong and that could crash the game because like i don't think that's okay uh publishing a game on early access is, is you know it's cool and all but you should never you know have game breaking bugs there there can be you can be content missing and, and you know other things maybe not working perfectly. Uh, you know, you talk to someone and they might not answer the right way or whatever, but the game shouldn't crash for you, is my opinion, ever. Um, so that was just a really, really big point. We put a lot of effort into just, you know, finding every single bug we could and every crash and getting rid of all those. Um, yeah, so the game is very playable already. I think uh, the main thing that we want to do in early access is just uh, adding content and um, so we're trying to motivate people more and more to just, you know, give feedback and tell us, you know, what they'd like. And we have a list of things that we want to add, uh, various side quests. But we're totally open to, to suggestions, and we'd love people to just come on the forums and share. Yeah, right now I'm looking at Steam. It looks like you have 33 uh, positive reviews and one negative. That, yeah. that, that ain't bad, my friends. That ain't bad at all. Right, yeah, we're pretty happy with it. Pretty good. Well, I mean, this is this is clearly a, pre- a labor of love. I mean, clearly. I mean, there's just not all, not only is the gameplay fun, but let me bring up another bring up another thing. I love is the writing. It's a funny game. It's so funny. It's because it's it's like this. The your your main character John Falcon, which is a hilarious video game name. By the way, it's just the perfect ga- name for a video game protagonist. <laughs> it's like really John Falcon, but okay, it's a ridiculous video game. It yeah. works. I mean, have you gotten uh, to the point in the story where they where they re- refer to his name and they they kind of elaborate on that? Or yeah, it's it's part of a prophecy with the guy with the name of a bird, and yeah. like they're just finding people with names of birds and just like it's that guy. No, it's that guy. Kill him. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so st- Jeff, it's, Jeff Eagle. It's too bad. Jeff he had to Eagle. Go. Yes, Jeff Eagle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, the writing because 
again, we were talking about earlier, when you land on a space station, which you'll be doing a lot, you can talk to a lot of the people that are in like the bar or there'll be sometimes a police officer standing there. You can talk to them. And it is almost always amusing to talk to one of these people. Yeah, that's they. It Go goes very much to the credit of, of Mike, um, who, who um, as far as I know, did most of the writing. He, he um, It's just kind of his, like, I don't know, tongue-in-cheek uh, style, I guess you would call it. or it's all, it's all, like, humorous, and it doesn't ever take itself too seriously. Um, I mean, you could even say, um, I don't know if it's the right word, but a little bit going to the, like, uh, not infantile or... <laughs> No, but like silly is probably a better word. Going into the in, in the silly area, but it's always funny. It's always uh, just enjoyable, I find. And and yeah, a game that doesn't is... take itself too seriously is just you know kind of fun to play. It doesn't it doesn't ever weigh down on you. I find. So um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of why. why I was, that's why I was saying it's like a great like lazy afternoon game because it doesn't take itself too seriously. I mean, yeah, you're going to be fighting pirates, and yeah, you're going to be doing missions and you might die because of a nebula or a bad guy shooting at you or whatever. But one, the game saves liberally, which, so you're never that far behind unless you're, you know, you don't dock for like an hour, then you're kind of screwed. But, <laughs> but, um, but why wouldn't you dock for an hour unless you, that that's, that's really asking for trouble right there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's great because like you said, it doesn't take itself too seriously. So you can just, fiddle around and feel like you're really in enjoy- having an enjoyable experience because it's like, oh, la, la, I'm a spaceship pilot. This is great. You know, yeah, there, there's just a lot of fun characters in the world. You know, you just, you wander around and you, you enter a space station, and, you know, there'll just be a character that you can talk to and it will be um, a fully scripted, uh, you know, conversation that, or I shouldn't say scripted, but a fully, you know, written, handwritten dialogue um, in any of the, you know, 30 star systems you land in. And, um, it would just like every now and then you'll find this character with a funny story or someone who even like could offer you a job, uh, or someone that if you insult him, you know, sends pirates on you and, you know, you get assassinated by, or some pirates try to assassinate you. All these crazy things can happen and kind of, you know, that's what I was saying earlier. It gives them the game a kind of Skyrimish flair. It really does. And I didn't know, like you just mentioned the pirate thing. I didn't know that could happen until, um, my last playthrough, I was just talking to some random person in a bar, and uh, like I, the conversation went south for whatever reason because I, I maybe I felt like being a dick because John Falcon can really be a dick if he wants to be. <laughs> and uh, next thing I know, I leave the station and I hear I see like, oh, you, you think you can insult us or something like that? And next thing I know, two ships are shooting at me. I'm like, ah, and I I, I died because I was not ready for that, but. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was really funny. Like, oh, uh, apparently uh, insulting that guy in the bar has consequences. <laughs> right, yeah. That was an important thing, that, that dialogue should be able to have consequence. Because too often in games, it's like, no matter what you choose, it kind of, you know, diamond-wise, it, it, it branches out, but it brings you back together, you know? Uh, it doesn't really matter what you chose in between, it kind of brings you back to the same point um regardless of your choices. And that was something that we wanted to, you know, get around. We wanted to really make choices count and make what you say count and make you think about what you're going to say. And, um, but still have, you know, the funny and the fun attitude to it. So even if you insult, insult a character, there's like a certain guy in the first, uh, one of the first stations you visit, you can insult him. And, um, he'll basically say like, are you serious? Uh, you know, if you want, I can send my goons after you. 
and then you can say yes or no. So it's pretty obvious if you're choosing yes, then you know it's your own choice. It's of your own volition that you're going to be attacked. Um, but even if you do get attacked, it's not game ending. Like you can still flee from them. You can still you can fight them, but you don't have good chances. Um, it's just not you know as serious as other games would make it. It still is fun. It really is fun. Um, now, one thing I do want to talk about with combat and whatnot is the interface is kind of fascinating. It's very heavily keyboard driven, which you know, I'm fine with. It doesn't even does it. I I don't remember it. Does it even use a gamepad? Can you use a gamepad with it at all? I don't remember. Uh, it. No, no, we haven't done that yet. Okay. Probably oh, either. Okay. Yeah. No, that's fine. I was just I couldn't remember. Um, it's very keyboard heavy. But it's also, once it clicks with you, it's very intuitive. Like I was saying earlier, the system map that overlays over your ship, that's just great usability right there. Because there are a lot of times where you'll be heading to a space station in a system, and you'll need to know where that space station is because you don't want to fly over the sun. So you have to see where you are in relation to the system. Yeah, that's, that's just one of the things that we added for uh, the Redux version. Um, that it's it's just like um, when you play the game for a while, and especially it was I think it was good that um, or it was an advantage that I hadn't been part of the development team um, that that you know made the original game because oh. not being part of it, I could kind of come at it with a fresh view and I could see things that you know if you had been working on it all that time, you probably didn't see anymore um, UI issues and usability issues and things that could be frustrating and. Um, so that was like one of my main focuses. I, I basically did a lot of the like, usability simplifications, uh, making things more understandable, making the tutorial as easy and as straightforward as it could be, um, just those kind of things. And they're really, like, they make a big, big difference um, in, in how people can enjoy the game, of course, because if you don't know about you know a certain feature, you're never going to use it. Um, you have to teach people players to play the game, you know, right, I guess. Um, and actually, one thing I want to n- mention there, um, kind of shout out, um, a- another reason why we got so much, um, like, uh, balancing, or not balancing, um, what is it called? Uh, polishing and tweaking into the tutorial and into the beginning sections of the game, uh, was that I was lucky enough to um, uh, be part of this, this um, the Berlin game scene. So uh, I usually live, or I actually live in Berlin. I'm, I'm visiting my girlfriend in Munich right now, but I live in Berlin. And uh, there's this game scene there that has regular meetings where they just invite people in from outside and, and um, have, you know, a little sort of conference uh, where they have, you know, um, talks and things. And then you can also show your game and you can let people play your game there. And it's just, it's perfect for testing because you can get fresh people in every single time and they'll play your game without any prior knowledge of it, with without even any knowledge of the you know the genre or anything. And um, you can just you can see, you can watch them, and you can you can find out where the you know the little nicks are and the, the things that aren't working right. And um, that was just such a huge help for me in in polishing and in figuring out how the tutorial should work. And that's I think also it's just the main reason why the game you know is as accessible as it is now, the Redux version. Yeah, it's it's very accessible. Like there there are lots of great little uh, interface things which I really like. Like I said, 
um, the little map thing. And I like, I, I don't know if you, the Redux, I don't remember if the Redux version is the one that has this, but if you're not in a system, but you're kind of near it and you open a system map, it'll show you where you are in relation to the system. So if you have to fly to a station that's on the other side of the sun from where you are, you'd be like, okay, I got to fly kind of around. Or I'll fly over the sun. Sorry, my mic cut out there for a second because yeah, okay. I, I wasn't. Uh, I'm using this pedal and I wasn't pushing it down all the way. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that kind of thing is great. Now, uh, someone in Twitch asked if you can buy other ships because the video I have, I'm just flying the one ship. But that's just the one ship I had when I made the video. Uh, there are, what, about at least a dozen ships in this game, if not more. Like, how many ships are in this game? That's a good question. How many ships are there? Um I'd say there are a lot. There are a lot. Yeah, there's probably like fifteen to twenty. I'd say about. Yeah, and um, they run the gamut, you guys. There are freighters, and there are combat ships, and you can get everything. You can get anything from a tiny little EVA suit to these these giant freighters and con- And I think one of the biggest ships I've seen so far is this big mining ship that looks like it's got this big like just mining beam in the front of it you know yeah you know, you know what i'm talking about it looks like a can with a couple of wings yeah there's a lot of variants in there definitely um the eva was one of the ships we added for the redux version which i, I like at the beginning i wasn't sure about it but it, it turns out it's pretty i think it's just entertaining that you can get rid of your ship and just jump into a suit and you know fly off with your eva suit between stations it's pretty cool which is hilarious by yeah. the way, I did it for like five minutes. I was like, nope, I need a ship going back. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, uh, someone also asked if you can build stuff in the game. And no, I don't believe you can. I don't believe you can like build stations or anything. This is much more of a you're a pilot and not a business person. Right. Yeah. Right. It's more, uh, I guess, than what was it, privateer that you mentioned before it's not it's not x in that way that you can yeah, like build exactly. a huge empire of, of ships and things it's it's more like it's your you are by yourself and you are the pilot and it's your story um it's more that kind of game yeah if you want to go build a, your own station and stuff go play eve or go play one of the one of the x games like x3 or maybe even x rebirth oh, uh, but that's yeah yeah i know but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. But uh, I know, right? Like, yeah, all right. Yeah, go play Extreme Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, yeah, that's not what this, this is. This In this game, you are a pilot. You are not a businessman or business person. Right. Excuse me. Um, which is fine. Like, I don't want that in a game. Like, that's why I've never clicked with the X games because they always feel like I'm in an office that just happens to be a spaceship. Yeah, that's you know, that's how they feel to me. Well, it's just a very different type of game. It's very more story driven, and it's more um, yeah, being the pilot is more of the experience instead of being like an, an empire builder. Exactly, exactly, and and it works. It works because it's a fo- it's a fo- it's a more focused experience than you get in like a game where you can build. I'm not saying, you know, games where you can build shit are bad. It's just that's not my thing. But there, if you want that, you got Space Engineers. You got Imperium. You know, you got all these other games where you can build stuff. So you don't need that in every game. I'm just saying. (laughs) But um, there are, uh, like you're saying, there were 30 systems in this game, and not all of them have stations. But... All of them have something interesting. Like sometimes there'll be a pirate base, or sometimes there'll be 
more riskier loot uh, in derelicts. Right, or like asteroid fields. Um, there's also yeah. some hidden things that I probably I don't want to give away, though. Oh, I'll yeah, find don't. Later, later yeah, in please the game, don't. Okay. <laughs> so there's, there's, uh, pretty much every system has something going for it. Um, so yeah, there's stuff to find. And, and and the system, even though the map doesn't look like on the stream, if you guys can see it, the map, it doesn't look very big. You know, it's a little, it's like, oh, it's just a bunch of dots. But no, this is a big game. Because it takes, even in like, I've got a ship now that's pretty speedy with its split drive. And it still takes a little bit to get from one chunk, one cluster of systems to another. So it's it's a big game. And the systems are also pretty big. Like you, uh, some some systems you have stations right next to each other. And some systems you have stations on opposite sides of the system, so it is a it is a sizable game, my friends. There's a lot to do here, and uh, it's not always just the size. You know, oh my god, I'm saying it. it's not the size that counts. I, yeah, no, but, but, but I'm um, saying it's it's open world, and there are 30 systems, and not only is it a fairly large game, but I'm saying it's also full of things. Full of stations, full of other ships, and that's the thing I like. Like is that the game does feel lively. Like you'll go to a station. Some stations are like full of traffic, just full of traffic. Tons of other ships, and you will bump into them. You'll they'll be like, "Hey, watch it, pal," you know, which I like. It's a very lively, alive universe. Now, I, I in, in kind of a side question, that what is the engine that this game is running on? Um, uh, the engine is custom written. Um, so Matt basically wrote, if, I mean, I think I got this right here. I think he wrote a hundred percent of the engine himself, um, written in a very obscure or uh, seldom used language. It's called Blitz, uh, Blitz Max. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I've um, never heard of it. No, never I had never heard, heard of, it. of it myself before. <laughs> before I started working on the game, like what the um, hell is that? I have no idea what that is. What's it called? Blitz Max. Blitz Max. Yeah. Um, it's it's like a, a um, they say derivative. No, um, a variant. Uh, a evolution of a basic, uh, the language basic. What? In that, yeah, it adds certain things that are just very like practical for game development, especially, and it, and it adds uh, object-oriented programming. So, um, oh yeah, no, I'm looking at the the. It's I see Blitz. I think it's BlitzBasic.com. That's, right, that's yeah. that's the one site I got to when I I typed Blitz Max, and mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of stuff here, you guys. There seem to be a good sh- amount of games built on this thing. It's actually, I, I didn't know myself, I just looked it up uh, earlier, uh, Worms, the original Worms. Do you, you remember that game where you had those little tiny worms that could shoot bazookas at each Absolutely, other? I've yeah. played every every iteration of that yeah, game yeah, since yeah. the original. Yeah. That was oh the my god, Blitz. you're absolutely right, oh my god, because now I'm thinking of what the original Worms looked like, yeah. and yeah, there are similarities in how like the pixelation looks between that <laughs> game, and the, you're absolutely, oh my god. Yeah, it's funny. I, I didn't realize right. myself. But, yeah. Well, um, yeah, and it's it's sometimes a little difficult to get around. I must like compared to modern or, or more modern languages, um, but it does the job. You know, it, it simplifies things um, that you want simplified. It makes you know drawing things on screen very easy. It, it, I think it's like people put thought into making it easy for game developers to use it. So those are the upsides for it, definitely. I gotta say the graphics are very charming. I really like the 
the dated yet still gorgeous 2D 2.5D. I don't know because it looks like the ships have depth, even though it's top down. They're not just sprites; they look like actual models. Yeah. So they're 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 maybe 2.5D. I don't know, but the 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 game is pretty beautiful, guys. In its in its way, I mean, the ships have character, and and I love like. My, I think my, one of my favorite effects in the game is when you hit the split drive and it kind of leaves that kind of little sun behind. Right. You know, I really like that. Yeah. Um, and all the systems the are... Mike. Uh, yeah, sorry. Or, or oh, no, no, I was going to say, all, all the systems are like a little different colors. Like, yeah, like the one on the stream now is kind of reddish and some of them are like much darker and some are like have a purple background, you know. So... Right, uh, one of the unique stations too that I think... Are we watching the Twitch stream? It's the one, the asteroid station. Yeah, yeah. So, and there's another station that looks like a, like an Asian market, right? You know, and there's another station that looks like a giant, like, like a Mass Effect ship or something. You know, yeah. so there's a lot of. It's a very stylistic game. Right, like this station, we wanted to make like the miners' station. It's it's if you enter it, it's called the Miners' Rest. Oh and yeah, it's yeah. a bunch of like mining guys with their spacesuits on, and they're you know they're just chilling and having a beer. And, and you can ask them about that, like yeah, what's with exactly. all the orange spacesuits, you know, <laughs> you know, which is great. Right. <laughs> and it's the small things like that, you know, that I think makes the difference. Um, that really Agreed. gives the game its character. Yeah, and that that is the thing, folks. This game has quite a bit of character. I mean, not only. Not only is your character a smartass, he is. He's totally a smartass. Um, but the other characters you meet, a lot of them are also smartasses. But then you get the story beats. The story is crazy in its own way. I'm not going to spoil it. But, like, the characters in the story are hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. And and they're all very cynical, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> very, very cynical. So, um so yeah, there's just a lot of humor and character to the game. One and now one area I'm terrible at and that I haven't done much is the combat. Um because I I don't know about you, but I'm not the best at combat with top-down games like this. And because the majority of weapons you get are forward facing, I have a hard time hitting a damn thing. <laughs> Yeah, a, a couple of people have complained about the combat being lacking in their view. Um, I myself find it, you know, fun. It's it's it has that asteroids uh, sort of you know gameplay to it. It's, it's yeah, there's no out of tracking. Yeah. There's no um, there's no or if you have a turret, there is out of tracking actually. But as long as you don't have a turret, there's no out of tracking. It's only forward firing. Um, you kind of have to think of you know, your your shots and how fast they'll travel. You have to think about where the enemy will be when, uh, you know, the shot reaches him. So it kind of has, like, it's a more, you know, thought um, or thinking uh, man's shooting game, I guess. Um, no, that's fair. It's totally fair, but... <laughs> I'm trying to sell it as best I can right now. But... No, no, no. I'm not saying the combat is bad in any way. I'm saying I'm bad okay. at it. I'm not ah, saying okay. the combat is bad. I'm saying I'm terrible at it. Okay. Um but that I mean, if you want, there's a ton of it in this game. If you want, you could totally like get a ship with a decent gun on and find freighters out there. Because the neat thing about this game is the like I, like I was saying earlier, the universe is very lively. But you can also, if you open the map, you can see other ships on the map easily and just fly over to them and see what they are. 
Right. You can attack anyone. I mean, you can you can rob yeah. a civilian. You can you can attack a police officer if you're you know if you want to get on that side of the law. If you're or feeling you frisky, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and you can attack anyone. They're all on the map. Like you can't. Is there, is there like a cloaking device or anything in this game? Like a way you can hide? Because I haven't seen one, but again, I'm still like, I feel like I'm at the midpoint of where the story is. Mm-hmm. And and the upgrades, like I think the most recent upgrade I got was, uh, oh God, what was it? Like, I think the most recent upgrade I got was the thing that lets you turn in split drive. Mm-hmm. So that was okay. one of the more recent upgrades I got. Um, I think there's no cloaking device, or, or I don't know if I should give it away. There is some sort of cloaking, but not a device you can buy. I don't know what. Yeah, I I'm never wondering know how much like, I should say then in those. Well, in I'm, those I'm wondering, and you don't have to confirm, but I'm like, can you hide in the nebula even though it damages you? Can you hide in that? You know, I'm not sure for like a small period of time. Can you hide near the sun? You know, like they do that in Star Trek, you know, like let's hide in the stars Corona, you know, or whatever that nonsense, you know. <laughs> right. Well, there's there's things we're working on there actually. There's especially nebulas. Nebulas is one thing that we want to um, just improve upon. You know, the gameplay right now is as you described it. You just fly through and you get damaged and become slower. But we think there's you know more you can get out of that. Yeah, give me lightning um, hits. That'd be great. Like your ship gets hit, hit by a light by by a lightning bolt and it damages <laughs> like your gun or something. That'd be great. I don't know if you can do that, but that'd be awesome. Like, that would be fun. Okay, I guess. I can make a note of that. We can think about that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, there's just a lot of character. Yeah, yeah. If you see on the stream now, there's a uh, there's a station that looks like a like a Chinese like something you find in Chinatown, like a shop in Chinatown, for example. So lots of uh, lots of character. Now you guys are in early access. What what is like different people use early access for different things either. They just they just have the basic core of the game and they're putting it out there and they're taking it from alpha to uh, I don't even know if alpha has any meaning anymore but alpha to yeah. uh, to release you got what you guys have done is but what other people do and what you guys have seen you do is you guys have the basic mechanics of the game down you're using the early access period it looks to me at least like you're fleshing out mechanics even more you're adding features and you're fleshing out the story bits a bit what do you what was that is that accurate like what are you guys using the early access period for yeah that's that's pretty accurate um we i mean when we decided or or as we were deciding as release was coming up we get, we had to make a decision are we going to go with early access or not and um it it was actually a close call because the game was you know finished in that sense, that it was totally playable, there was a story from beginning to end, there's enough things to do, there's enough content in the game for sure. Um, a lot of other developers would probably just say, you know, release it as a final game and be done with it. But, um, yeah, but our goals were different. We wanted to we wanted to make a point of like uh, adding more content to the game and especially getting people involved in adding more content in the game. So that's what we decided early access should be for. We can, we can use it uh, to, to fix bugs, to fix any issues that are outstanding, but also to get uh, people involved in the uh, content creation process. And uh, yeah, as I said, like that's something that we really want to push, and um, people are welcome to to you know give any suggestions they like. We make notes of everything, talk through everything. Um, a lot of suggestions have gotten into the game already that you know people made. 
So, um, yeah, I'm really happy that that's working as well as it is. Early access is a, a great model, I find, for, for developers like us. It, it it can be. I've it's a double edged sword in a lot of ways. Like like a game that just came out of early access into early access yesterday was a it's a flight sim called Combat Air Patrol Two, and they were very clear that this game is an early access. The main campaign is only seventy five percent done. They like posted all this information, and people are giving them negative reviews. Oh, this game isn't finished, or this game doesn't work. It's early access. Yeah. Of course, it isn't finished. So it's, it's, I, I personally, I love it because I want to see how the sausage is made. So I, I love early access, but it, it not only can it be abused, but it can really work against the developer I'm finding. So, but for you guys and for some others, I've noticed it's working very well. So I'm wondering, like my, my guess as to reason, as the reason it's working very well is, is you guys are very communicative with the with your with the fans with the people who have bought your game with the people who are interested you've been very communicative on the forums mm-hmm. would, would you say that is a key ingredient into having a successful because you guys are i don't want to jinx it but so far it looks like you're having a very successful early access campaign so would you say communication is one of the key ingredients you have found in uh maintaining an, an effective early access campaign yeah for sure um communication is is probably number one uh in, in- and and it, communication in a wider sense, but then like specifics in communication. Like I think the most important, if you go into early access, is managing player expectations. Oh um, God, yes. Oh God, having, yes. Having very very clear messages. Um, you know, I mean, we do it. We have this early access message on the on the page, and then we also have a message when you start the game. Um, that tells you this game is in early access. We're still working on the content, and you know, it I love you that. clear understanding of what's going on. And I think that is like the, the absolute key ingredient, um, making players aware of where you're at and then their expectations can be set accordingly. Um, I gotta yeah. say, I thought that I, I really love that. I thought that's a nice touch. So just right at the beginning, this is early access because a lot of people I've noticed when they have early access, they'll just have a little thing in the corner of the main menu. It says beta 0.1. But, yeah, but you guys are like, Hey, by the way, it's in your goddamn face. This is early access. Right. Things are not going to work. Things are going to be broken. Things are missing. We're working on it. Well, know? let's hope not. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You're saying yeah. right up front that this is not a finished product. You know, we're right. still working on it. And that's or that, exactly. It's still, there's still things coming. And, that, uh, and we're also everywhere we can, we invite people to, you know, join in in that process. That's also, I think, a big. I hope at least that was a big, you know, um, helpful in making early access work as well as it is right now. That people will see that we're reacting to them and that people see that, you know, when we make an update, we thank the people specifically that, um, you know, made suggestions or that told us about bugs, that reported them. Um, those kind of things. I think they're also just very important in the early access process. Yeah, and, and it seems to be working work quite well for you guys because, again, the positive reviews and 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 it's funny. Some Steam forums can be just a nightmare of of negativity, you know, and of uh, of just toxicity. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like some yeah. Steam forums are just awful, awful places. But then you go to places like yours and some other games where people are like, "Oh yeah, this game is great," or "I want this game." Like these forums, your forums seem pretty, you know, not only positive but constructive. 
Right. You, yeah, know? I mean, you need to, I, I guess it's, it's um, you know, what you were saying earlier, the communication wasn't working right. People weren't understanding what's happening. Uh, one specific case I remember was uh, the game Rust. It was, I don't know if you remember or if you know that oh, one. It's a survival God. game from a while back. Oh, no. The, 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 the early access journey for that game has been just crazy. Yeah. And, and it was very painful to watch because uh, I, as a developer, understood what was going on, but they tried communicating it and they did a, you know a, i guess a semi decent job but they just didn't get people in on it um people were frustrated because they were expecting something else and they were you know angry when they didn't get it um that was just a very bad example a good example was um 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 friends of mine a studio in germany or berlin uh curious expedition I don't know if you know that game. Oh my god, I love that game. Yeah, I'm, I I brought that I bought that game when it was still a web game. I purchased it when right. it was still like a web. That game is, you know those ah, oh, yeah, that game is so great. And and I'm also I'm very impressed with the way they have handled things. They've just done a they've done such a perfect job of keeping people informed. You know, communicating and uh, you know regular updates also, which is oh. just. You know, oh no, no! You're absolutely right. No, I what I love about those guys, if I may gush a bit, I mean, besides <laughs> the game itself, is that every time they had an update, they made a video of them talking to their fans, right. explaining exactly what was in that update. And it could only be a two minute video, it could be an eight minute video, but they took the time to say, "Hi everyone, here's our here's our new stuff," and that alone, I think, engendered such positivity because that game is not only is that game great but those guys seem really nice yeah they're great guys and and they've been a, a huge help too for us like they've given us a bunch of help and tips and just pointed out things that you know we wow. do better um i'm super happy that you know we know them um yeah that was also just it just they have such a you know um how do you say like a, a an account of goodwill now you know they've done such a good job in, in communicating these things and in being just good about uh, communicating with the, the community that no matter like even if they did screw up now they could still you know um, they still have this bank account of just uh, goodwill that they could fall back upon and um, that's also important that you kind of if you do have an issue that people don't like um, uh, destroy your how do you say um, like they don't jump on you and and uh, you know destroy the process or destroy the the, the product then suddenly. Um, exactly and you're gonna have some people that do that regardless but for the most part i've noticed the 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 reception around that game for the most part has just been exceedingly positive mm. have yeah. you played have you played it just out of curiosity have you played the, the curious <laughs> out, of, out of curiosity <laughs> i didn't even know oh god yeah have you played have you played the curious expedition? No, it's amazing yeah yeah i've played a ton of it i've played i don't even know like hours and hours and hours of it um, oh it's so good you guys just side note here, Curious Expedition is like a roguelike exploration game, and it's it's incredible. It's so it's incredible. They've just released, or they just announced their their next uh, game too. Oh but, really? Well, I mean, we're we're going to another territory here, but <laughs> oh, that's uh, fine. The no, Curious there, case. There are always tangents on the on the podcast. Uh, that's fine. Oh, a Curious Case. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Um, I think they're calling it um, a murder mystery. Uh, in the in the roaring twenties of Berlin, what? Yeah, so um, so it's also procedurally generated, and I mean, I, I don't know. I'm like selling their game now. I I can only tell you what I read about it, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> procedurally generated murder mystery. Oh, that sounds amazing! I gotta look that up. Um, yeah. 
but no, that's fine. I mean, they're your friends, and and we love the game. We can't say enough. Can't seriously, guys. Can't say enough good things about that game. But back to your game, yeah. I mean, guys, if you want to look at another positive example of an early access program, you look at this game, Thirty Thirty Death War Redux, because yeah, I mean, not only are the reviews positive, but uh, the, the 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 geniality, the the positivity on the Steam forums for your game is pretty evident. Um, and you guys have been really doing a great job of responding to people and fixing things. Now, what, um, what, uh, are some of the things that are coming for the game? Not only in early access, but maybe post release. Um, so coming for the game, well, the, besides the ones I've mentioned, like the derelicts and, um, working on things like the nebulas, um, I think side quest is probably the area that we want to work on most. Um, now, wait a minute. What's the difference between, say, the missions you get at a base and side quests? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so, I guess in my mind, it's um, the missions that you get on the on the jobs board, they're like the, the sort of random missions you can do. You know, basically any space game has these random missions where you, you know, fly to X, uh, deliver Y, uh, you get money for it. And they're always randomly generated. They're not, you know, handcrafted. Um, although we do do, you know, we, we try to make them have a sort of story in themselves. Um, and a side quest, in my view, would be something more to the likes of, um, like, say, like say in Skyrim, if you met um, a character in a bar and, and um, you know, he told you about some artifact you can find on the mountain and then you go to the mountain and then you find this artifact and then it says, it has an inscription on it and, you know, things just go on like that. Um, oh, that so it's like a, it's like a... Chain. It's it's kind of like a mission chain. Um, or... Yeah, it's more like um, say it's it has a little bit of more story to it. It's not oh, just okay. do this one thing. It's more like a, a mini story, basically. Oh, that's awesome. Are, the, are those hard to insert, or are they are they not very difficult to just plug in, plug in there? Like, could you add more if they if they seem popular? Could you just be like, let's keep adding these? You know, would that be difficult? Yeah, they're not easy to do. To be honest, they are. They do take a lot of time, a lot of effort because you need to. You know, everything needs to be handcrafted from the the, the oh. art to the yeah, dialogue, the scripting. Everything needs to be set up. Um, but we plus, still want plus to do... it also plus it also needs to fit in this existing universe as well. Exactly. Somehow. Yeah. Ah, okay, that makes sense. So that would be one thing that I, I personally would like to get more of into the game. Um, yeah, and then for the game itself, I mean, it's, I, I still have the whole usability issue that a lot of people are complaining about, mouse keyboard. Um, that's maybe something that we want to you know focus on a little bit more, um, getting that working better. Yeah, my podcast co-host wants mouse aiming, kind of like a... Yeah. He wants to be able to just point his mouse at wherever uh, he wants to shoot at. But it, it's, it sounds so easy at first, but then when you start thinking it through, it, oh my god, there's so many problems that are associated with that. Like, simply the act of clicking on something, a UI button on screen, does, it, does the ship turn towards that UI button while you're clicking on it? Or does it... Oh. Um, things like that just don't work immediately. Um... Yeah, so we'll put some thought into that and try and figure that out a little better. Um, and then for the future of the game, um, we are kind of looking in the direction of, you know, uh, doing a full, I guess, 30-30 Death War 2. Um, doing that at some point. And, uh, you know, Ooh. getting... Yeah, I mean, that that would, of course, if, if player reception is good enough and if people are liking it enough, which right now it does look like, then 
we'd love to do like uh, um, say a Kickstarter in the future and you know get a real project funded, get together, and uh, yeah, do that. Oh, that would be awesome! I totally back that. Okay. Because because this is a great game. Um, now my brain is kind of melting and I'm running out of questions, so okay. I we're probably gonna start wrapping up. We have been talking for an hour and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, I know, right? It flies. It totally flies. Like, you think, oh, we've only been talking for 20 minutes. Nope. <laughs> we've been talking for well over an hour. Uh, so the next thing that you have coming, like you said, are uh, better wreckage or more fleshed out wreckage, um, side quests, and then uh, maybe a sequel once this is done. How, when do you see this being out of early access? Do you have an idea about that? Um, what we're saying is no, no less than a few weeks and no more than a few months is what we said. When we really? So, oh, that's pretty quick. That's a pretty, yeah, that's a pretty I, small early access window. I mean, a few months can be, you know, it can be anything from two months to six or even more. I mean, we're, we're going to, we're going to make it, you know, it should be the way it should, you know, we want to have it. We don't want to release it too early. We don't want to get pressured into releasing it too early. So we're definitely going to take the time to make it, you know, as good as it should be. And I, and I totally appreciate that because it's really good already, you guys. Okay, but, but, uh, oh, I was really quickly looking up this, um, the, that, that case game you were talking about just real quick while you were talking. Okay. And they have, a, they had another game called, space case or something where it's like working in space. I didn't get a look at it because the site started playing music. I was like, ah! What? Space case? Okay, I don't know about that one, but um, I'll have to check it out afterwards. Oh, it's a web-based game. It's called Planet Corp. It's made by the same guys. Oh, yeah, no, that one was, I think, a, a game jam game they made. Or, uh, and then, oh, yeah. okay. That's what confused me. This curious case looks pretty neat, by the way. Um, anyway, so so yeah, you guys have a bunch of stuff coming. Are you publishing anything else besides this one right now, or is this the only game you're publishing as Crunchy League Games? Um, well, the next game would be my the pro- the project I worked on before, um, which was named or is still named Stars of Icarus. Uh, it's also a two D space game that was right. That was, I wanted to ask about that because yeah. I saw that on your site. Is that a, is that a browser game? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, it runs in Flash, uh, it, so it is playable in the browser actually. Um, yeah, it looks like it's a shooter, but it's got role playing elements, so it's kind of open worldy. I think as well. Like, tell me yeah. more about Stars of Icarus, real quick. Well, I can I can do like a quick rundown. Um, it basically has gone through a lot of phases itself too. I've 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 redone the game design of that game. But I can't even remember how many times. Um, it was my dream project of a space game. Um, like coming from or playing games like Transcendence, if you remember that one. Um, it's like an open world RPG space game, and combining it with elements of. Oh like, yeah, we've uh, had we've had we've had the dev for that on the podcast. Transcendence yeah. is Transcendence is a great game. Exactly. I also just love that game, and um, and I'm making it a little more action uh, oriented. I, I I enjoy like Enter the Gungeon is a perfect example. I, I love the the tempo of that game, and I love the bite sizedness of that game. So kind of combining that kind of bite sized action with the roguelike um, free open worldliness of a Transcendence style game. That's kind of where I'm going with uh, Stars of Icarus. Oh, very nice. I, and how long? How far along is that? Like, when can I get my grubby mitts on that one? Uh, 
that that has been al- almost done for a couple years now. So I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath. I don't. Um, yeah, I'll announce something about that, or we'll we will announce something when we're ready. I guess. Okay, great. Yeah, I'll keep an eye on that one. Okay, so I'm gonna probably wrap this up, folks, because I'm I gotta go, actually go to work. <laughs> <laughs> I have things to do, but because uh, it's seven thirty in the morning now over here. Um, so, folks, the game is thirty thirty Death War. I don't know how to say this word. Redux. I'm just gonna say it's R E D U X. It's on Steam right now for nine ninety nine. That is a that's that's a great price, by the way. It's just impulse, easy, boom. Ten dollars is a really solid price. Um, so yeah, it's nine ninety nine American on steam right now and it is just if you're looking for like an escape velocity type uh funny thing where you can just fly around do missions or you can go mine or you can have pirates it could be whatever but it could be kind of what you want uh it's really just a solid relaxing fun game that you could be like i just want to play something for a little while and not think too hard about it you know this is a great game for that you know like if say oh i need a break from something like distant worlds i need something a little easier on the brain this would be the game to play this is a really great game i've i don't put a lot of hours into space games that i don't have to play for the blog these days because there's one there's a lot of them and and two i don't have a lot of free time so the fact that i've put in a bunch of hours beyond the the preview video i made should tell you all something you know this is a really fun game and uh, y'all should check it out. And Max, I want to thank you for fi- we we've been trying, folks. We've been trying to get this podcast going for a while now. We we've been bouncing back and forth, so I'm really glad we finally got you on to uh, talk about this game. And please yeah. send my regards to your teammates who sadly couldn't join us. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for featuring our game. Oh, it's a pleasure. And uh, folks, again, the game is Thirty Thirty Death War. Now, where can they find you? Last thing, where can they find you on uh, Twitter or Facebook or anything? Where can they find you guys? Um, so the easiest is probably just uh, com. It, it brings you to the Steam site, actually. Um, and on Twitter, we are Crunchy Leaf Game without the S at the end. Um, what? Yeah, follow us there. Well, it's too long. The name was too long for Twitter, apparently. No, I, I have to shorten it. <laughs> Oh man, that's that's bad. <laughs> Not that bad. <laughs> no, it's it's just a shame that you couldn't get the S in there. It's just like one yeah. character. God damn it! Yeah. You know that 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 must have been a little frustrating. That's, that's what Twitter is all about, apparently limiting character size. Yeah, it's that's true. Even though I think they just changed it, so now things like pictures and stuff don't count yeah, okay. against that. So just a real quick program, programming note before we wrap up. Uh, next week on the podcast, we're back at the normal time at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, and we're going to be talking to the great folks at Midmax Games about Space Pirates and Zombies 2. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Love those guys. Can't wait to talk to them. And uh, Thursday night, uh, the, the poll is still on, you guys. Uh, Thursday night over on SpaceGameJunkie.com if you want to vote. Right now, the winning game is Star Trek Birth of the Federation. So that game is, is winning by quite a few votes. So uh, if you want that game to win, go over and vote. If you want another game to win, get your friends to vote because uh, it's it's kind of trouncing everyone. So uh, thank you all for uh, listening and watching. Max, thank you again for taking the time to join me in the middle, basically the middle of your day uh, over in Germany. And uh, Thank you. 
And uh, I want to talk, uh, and I'll see you all later. Thanks, uh, folks. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Let's have some music in here, Boiler. Sure thing. Yeah.